When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the second part of the Fulhamish end of season review. My name's Sammy James and I'm still here with Farrell Monk. Hello, I'm still here. Don Betts. Hello, hello. Jack Collins. Hello, listeners. And Ben Jarman. Hello there. So if you haven't listened to part one of the end of season review, you're doing it wrong. You need to listen to part one before part one you... Part first. Listen to part one, then listen to part two. So if you're currently like floating about and you're like, oh, I'll listen to part two first, don't. Listen to part one then listen to this. It's not how it works. Exactly. Sammy has spoken. Do it right. So in part one, we uh, had a general end of season chit chat. We reacted to the worst playoff final of all time. Uh, We discussed (laughs) some uh, Fulham transfer rumours, pretty much all uh, debunked as just basic gossip. Uh, And we also did our season overview right from the Newcastle win at the beginning of the season uh, until the fateful Reading game where it all sadly went wrong. Go listen to it now if you haven't listened to it already. But in this episode, in part two of the season review, uh, we've got loads to get through. Uh, first of all, we're going to do the Fulhamish Big Fat Quiz of the Year. And then we're going to give out the Fulhamish End of Season Awards. There's five categories and it's the one all the players want. I know you're all listening on Tenderhooks. Tom Kearney's sweating right now, <laughs> listening to this, thinking, God, do I win? I don't want Kevin McDonald or Stephanie Hansen to get it. Um, so, Tom, you've only got a little bit of time to wait, so don't worry. Uh, we're also going to answer some of your questions and we'll do our goodbyes for the summer as it will be very very sad and then we're off to the pub not long to get through guys yeah, we're, <laughs> we're running out of beer which is the key issue in the studio it's right now, now one between five yeah, we're sharing now so let's get on with the quiz then uh, each of us has written two questions each uh, we will answer each other's questions and whoever gets the best score out of eight, as in each other's questions, no point answering your own questions, will win the Fulhamish Big Quiz of the Year. Uh, Farrell is the clear favourite. I think Jack Collins uh, sitting in second uh, for maybe a favourite. I'm definitely going to lose. I don't know about anyone else. It's also not fair because the audience can win out of ten. So they're always going to be us. Oh, won. yeah. Well, you can play out of the ten at home, obviously. Can you we let us play... know how you get on? I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued. Yeah, do, do tweet us your scores at Fulhamish Pod. Uh, so who would like to go first? Ben. I don't mind. Ben Jarman. Questions, please. Have you got a particular theme for your questions? No real theme. No real theme. Okay. One, so... is, one is of roles. Um, another one I is... love bacon um, rolls. Clubs. Okay. Yeah, well, three of them at work, actually. Question number one, Ben Jarman. Okay, for the 2016-17 season, who made the most substitute appearances from the bench? Uh, and a bonus for naming how many that they may have appeared in. Oh, bonus points. We haven't, I, I'm counting we haven't for planned for this. Okay. Well, there you go. Your final score will be out of nine, won't it? Second one. My clubs include Bournemouth, Southend, Burton Albion and Oopjest. Who am I? <laughs> Jess, obviously uh, the Hungarian club. Um, they went there when they were. Um, and he on plays for Fulham as well. Huh? First play for Fulham as well. Yeah, oh, plays right. for Fulham now. Yeah. Are those all his clubs? There are a select handful of those clubs. Uh, anything, anything else 
else would have been too obvious. Can you name them again, please? Bournemouth, Southend, Burton, Upjest. Uh, for the Hungarians out there, I may have pronounced that wrongly, so no offence. Do you want me to go? Uh, yes. All right, my questions are both based around the League Cup. Just an exciting time. Scenes. Fulham beat Leighton Orient 3-2 away at Leighton Orient. Leighton Orient RIP, by the way. Um, but they've died. Yeah, they've got them haven't they? They're on the way out. Their owner has actually wrecked them. But um, who scored both of Leighton Orient's goals in that game? Oh, God. Do one, basically. This is so hard. <laughs> I wish you died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Oh, man, I haven't got a clue. I'm just going to I'm doing absolutely dreadful news. I'm going to go for the most common English surname. Yeah. Bob <laughs> oh, Smith. <laughs> I've literally been German. In number four, Ryan Tunnicliffe played in an unfamiliar oh, right-back God. role oh. against Bristol City in the League Cup where Fulham unfortunately lost 2-1. Who played in goal for Fulham that night? Good question. Oh, that's a corker. All right. No, uh, before I get it wrong. <laughs> Don Betts, next question, please. We scored a lot of 90-minute goals this season. Oh, yeah. How many did we score? Sorry, say that again. It's unbelievable. We scored a lot of 90-plus minute goals this season, but how many did we score? I mean, it's a pure guess, isn't it? How many do you class as a lot, though? More one. than last season and the season before. <laughs> Ninety, 90 plus. Fergie time. Slavisa time. I felt like lots of our 90th minute goals weren't that, like winners. They were a lot often like the second goal or something. Mm, but we won a lot. <laughs> a lot of them were equalisers. Okay. Two of them were winners after we were drawing. And how many of them weren't winners? <laughs> <laughs> if you get the total and minus my last number, you'll get the answer. Okay, so we, we mentioned in part one that we had the second best away up in the league. How many did we lose? I did mention how many won and draw as well, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember actually now. How many teams are there in the league? <laughs> we played 23 teams. Thank you. Yeah, I got that. So, my questions. <laughs> Everyone knows that our highest place uh, of the season was first, after the first game of the season. What was our lowest? Great question. I hate your quiz on experimental three six one. (laughs) (laughs) And secondly, how many players finished the season with one goal in the league? (laughs) You are a wanker. What a question! I love it. I'm I'm not even thinking. I'm just putting guesses. Yeah, I'm just putting guesses. I can't even. I I reckon I've got one one correct so far. You can work it out. You can work it out. Yeah, but that's long for man, so... <laughs> man don't want... Man don't care about all that. <laughs> I'm going to put my answers down to that one. What have you put, Farrell? <laughs> I'll get him wrong. See, I'm still reading over Ben's questions. Good. Good, Good to know that Sammy's paid no attention <laughs> to the rest of us. I don't know, but I've, I, I think some of those I can guess, but Ben's are annoying me. Anyway, here are my questions. I feel like... One of mine you're going to hate, the other one you'll, you won't mind. Who um, is the host of the Fulhamish podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is podcast related. Oh, no, there we go. How many podcasts have we recorded this year? Ooh. Including <laughs> part one? Uh, no, not include, does it include oh, these two. Doesn't include these two. Does it include doesn't the, the introduction? It doesn't include the introduction. Does it include the special? It does include everything else. 
Not the very first one, not that little two, three minute introduction. What is Fulhamish? Yeah. <laughs> Wanker. <laughs> I made an excellent appearance on that. And not not these two end of season podcasts. Okay. Other than that, straight podcasts, how many have we done? And then question number two. How many points did Fulham end on this season? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I haven't got the foggiest. <laughs> you must be. You must no, know the I'm range. Blue. You've got to know the range. I know. I know. All okay. I know is we finished above Leeds. Five above Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> what did Leeds end? Seventy-two. Above. <laughs> above Rotherham. Okay. It's oh, an impossible quiz. It's a very very hard quiz. Right. Good. We're on. Okay. Good luck, everyone. Let's go around and do some answers then. Starting off with Ben, um, with two of the hardest questions I swear that are driving me mental. Okay. Uh, what are your answers? Read out the question again and then read out the answer. Okay. Who made the most uh, appearances off the bench in the 16-17 season? With a bonus point for how many? The player was Niskan's Cabano. Oh. Yes! Oh, no. And he made 17 substitute appearances. I got, off the bench. I got 17. So you get a bonus point. You can have a point. I won't take it. I won't take the point. I did have Niskan's Cabano. I changed it to Piazon at the very last minute. I was like, oh, what, how many God. substitute appearances did you put on? I just wrote nine. Nine? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I said flipping Syriac. I wasn't even. He came on twice. Syriac. I know, but I, I, I couldn't even think of who the came sis, on as the a sub. Sizzler himself. <laughs> who did I, you put? Piazza. I put Piazza, but I changed. Who did you put? Scott it. Parker. Oh my days. Oh, no, my I days was actually seesawing in between Parker and Cess. Um, Cabano has actually come on something like ten times more than everyone else this season. Wow. I knew it was Cabano. I just had no clue what um, the number would be. So second question is: My clubs include Upjest, uh, mm, Bournemouth, Southend, and Burton. Who am I? The answer is Scott Malone. Oh. Scott Malone played in Hungary. Scott Malone came through the Wolves Academy and went on loan to Upjest. Um, made eight appearances, scoring one goal when they got into the newly formed Europa League. Wow. Um, then uh, went oh, on so to Bournemouth, uh, to Southend, to, Br- to Burton, then obviously to Cardiff. My first thought was David Button, because I know he... Oh, no, but he didn't play for Southend. I was he getting didn't. mixed up with their I tried to make it sound like it was Corley Woodrow with uh, Southend and Burton. I think uh, it was Corley Woodrow. I, I did. Scorley I've got Woodrow. Woodrow. Oh, that's why I put... Obviously. I thought he might have just gone off to Hungary when he was a kid. Or yeah, I said a, I said a Luco, knowing that he's been a bit of a journeyman Don't. and he might have played. Well, did you, I just didn't answer. Fair enough. Well, it's Scotty Malone. Okay, right, Jack. Okay, so the person that scored both the goals for uh, Leighton Orient in our three-two loss was uh, Paul McCallum. Oh my so gosh! Great. Not Smith then. No, uh, I put two own goals for Sean Kavanagh. I said, I Don't said, insult the king. I said, made-up footballer Lewis Clark. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, there's like five of Lewis Clarks in like. He's yeah. definitely a regen, a football manager. So. You know. <laughs> and the person who played in goal in that league cup match was uh, number forty-one, Yessi. Yes. Yes. yes, we finally got one point. Well, I don't. Yessi. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have no points. Uh, let's check out the uh, the scores now. <laughs> Everyone's on one apart from Jack. <laughs> Okay. on two. Oh yeah, he's got yeah. Uh, eight. Well, well done, Dom. Well, you can't score man. any points here, Dom. What are the answers to your questions? So, I asked how many goals in the ninety-plus minute did we score this season? The answer was seven. Oh yes. <laughs> the answers were Kearney versus Blackburn, ninety plus four. Seth <laughs> John against Burton, ninety plus three. Kearney against Brentford. Malone against Sheffield Wednesday. Aita against Wolves. Cabano against Wigan, and then Kearney against Leeds. Oh, I put six. Got it. And the last question for me was, 
We had the second best away record in the league this year, but how many did we lose? The answer was five. No, oh, bugger. What? If I could just change... What? If I can just I thought change... you said we won 12 and we drew four. You did. No, I said we won 12 and we drew six. <gasps> you didn't say that. You didn't say that. You didn't say that. Yeah, he said... You said in the first part that we won 12 and drew yeah. four. And incidentally, why we've all got seven. seven. Yeah, we, all, we all got seven. <laughs> Tom, you cheated us out of our Technically, point. I haven't done anything, really, because you should have just known the answer anyway. Yeah. All right, Teresa. That is yeah. solid yeah. gold yeah. hustle. Where are your workings, Dom? <laughs> Unbelievable. I wish I could swap my answers around so I put five first, seven seconds. I think we should all get an extra, just get a point there for absolute. No, because you should just know how many we lost anyway. So, oh. Dom's disqualified. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we're all equal first. Right, no, Farrell. Uh, this is the round I'm going to hate because Farrell knows. I'm like, pretty sure I said six. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm on one. Farrell, came, Farrell knows who got substituted in like 1970 and who, like, who came on. <laughs> I was there that game. <laughs> so my questions were: um, our highest place was first in the in the season, which was after the first game. What was our lowest? I went for 14th. So did I. I went it, for 17th. It was 14th. Oh, dude. And it was after we lost one nil versus Villa to a. Button mistake. Oh, yeah, I remember that. that and I was like, playoffs are definitely gone. Consume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the great song. We should have done that more. What, push the button and he'll concede? Yeah. It's, it's a great chance. <laughs> and the second question I had was how many players finished with one goal in the league? And it was four. Yes! It was Syriac, uh, Reem. Tim, Tim Ream, Callas. Uh, Callas and was mentioned earlier. Uh, oh, um, Matt Smith, no. Got two. Sigurdsson, Ipswich away. Sigurdsson, yeah. Ah. And those are my two questions. Okay. Man's on four and that. My one was, how many podcasts have we recorded this year, not including the two end of season podcasts that are just going up now and the uh, beginning what is full of thing? I'm going to change my answer. It was... 36? Close. I've, I've 33. 35. Oh. Oh. Sorry, lads. I actually changed mine to one more away. (laughs) No, I did it each way, so I win. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the final one, how many points did Fulham end on this season? It was... 81. 80. Oh, bugger. Ah. I just wrote 72 because... I had no idea. Okay, well, I can start off. I got one point. I know people have got more than one. Uh, I got one. Jesse Yorodan. Yeah, Jesse Yorodan's the only one I got. I got three. Oh, I think that's a, I think it's a winner. Jack Collins. I got two. I got five. Of course he did. Behave. Five out of eight. Thank you. Very well done. Well, that's our first award then in the Fulhamish End of Season Awards. Quiz winner, Ben Jarman. Ben Jarney, well done. Thank you very much. At Sonic Kicks, sliding his DMs. All the time. Please, they're open. (laughs) Preferably nudes as well. (laughs) <laughs> so it is time then to move on to the Fulhamish end of season awards uh, you've been voting in your hundreds I'd like to say thousands but it's hundreds guys uh, for your player of the season is it 100 no it's more than 100 it's quite a lot more. it's a lot more than 100 um, player of the season newcomer of the season goal of the season match of the season and moment of the season so uh, can we have a drum roll please we'll go from Moment to player, so we'll kind of go least to the most. Least to the most. So, moment of the season: Tom Kearney's Perla versus Leeds. Seems wrong. I cried. I think, I think it's wrong. 
I didn't agree with this one. What do I you think, Dom? He assessed John's third at Newcastle. I don't think there's a debate. I don't know how people were voting Kearney over that goal. T2. I cried. TC's better than Beckham. I also cried when... Yeah, um, I d- I d- it's just... If TC did a dump on the pitch, yeah, but I'd it's a cr- that. I'm so- going 3-0 up and a 16-year-old <laughs> shushing the entirety of St. James's Park. I, for me, I, I don't know if it was Cabano v Wigan, but that was oh. nothing. <laughs> 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 to be fair, I'd only put that in because Dan Burns slides it into his own net. Yeah, as he limbs. <laughs> um, ben, what did you go for? I can't remember what the rest of the options are. Uh, the other one were Cess, uh, playoffs confirmed, and Leeds are falling apart again. I think I went for Cess. Yeah, I went for Cess as well. I, I went for playoffs confirmed. <laughs> okay, right. Out. The second Fulhamish end of season award is for match of the season. I feel like there doesn't need the drama for this one. It's not like anything's riding on it. But anyway. Newcastle 1, Fulham 3. I think it was a fairly clear choice. There was a lot no, of good no, options in there. No, Do you disagree with this one? Yeah. It's four, it was the Wolves Fulham 4 4. How? No, it was beating Brentford 2 0 away. Because no, I don't. For me, yes, yes from a Fulham perspective, away. yeah, 3 1 against Newcastle was great. But, but this no, is from I, a Fulham really, perspective. I really no, enjoyed 0 0 no, away at Wigan. Yeah, that was <laughs> a great game. Relive that game ever again. <laughs> Like, I don't it's, if you're looking at it, match of the season, how can you look past the 4 4? I think that. Yeah, yeah, so? That's, yeah. that's, that's Fulham fans in a nutshell. That day, <laughs> football won for Dom. There were lots of options, uh, including the aforementioned Brentford and what about Wolves Fulham versus ones. Cork under 18s in pre season. That was a wonderful <laughs> game. Yeah, but someone let off a flare during the Brentford game. Has that happened for the rest of the season? No. <laughs> uh, I can let you know who finished uh, second, third, and fourth, if you like, in that yes, one, yes, just please. to uh, give you some more can we details. Have some details, please. You can have some details, of course. Was this independently please verified by a panel? Uh, this was not independently verified, it was independently verified by Google Survey Forms. Monkey. Um, so second in match of the season was Norwich 1 Fulham 3 it was a great game and third was <laughs> Huddersfield 1 Fulham 4 <laughs> do Fulham uh, fans watch football? I can tell Dom, you Dom right it's not like we're, it's not like it's the most ridiculous sort of set of things oh, where they've gone how, how was Wolves you know, 4 Fulham 4 not in the top 3? Tom I can tell you that Wolves 4 Fulham 4 got 1.6% percent <laughs> <laughs> It was literally me. So did it come last? I thought Wolves three. Um, logged into really four different computers and voted. <laughs> no, remarkably, Fulham one, Leeds one came last. Yeah, that's completely reasonable. That game was not fun at all in any stretch of the imagination. No one enjoyed that game until the 94th yeah, but, minute. Yeah, but it got, it got moments of the season, though. Yeah, yeah, but moment, fun. yeah. But did anyone enjoy the 93 preceding minutes? No, absolutely no, no. Dog shit. Uh, okay, then goal of the season. I don't think this will surprise anyone. I disagree. Was again our man TC for his goal against Leeds. Again, it's wrong. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Piers on against Bristol City. I don't. Oh, it's I not. It's, you're all wrong. It's literally a handsome v Reading. My. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's TC versus Wolves. Yeah, I know, but like out of nowhere, as in like, as in Hansen just like pings one bottom foot, left left foot, like bottom corner with the outside of his foot for fun. I know he travels it, but that doesn't make any. Yes, it does. It doesn't. It does. The one I suggested didn't even get into the nominations. Yeah. Didn't <laughs> Syriac v Blackburn. <laughs> no, I finished to be fair. What did you suggest? I suggested uh, Sessignon versus Villa, which is the one where Johansson makes that epic tackle on blowing Katy Perry hot or cold, um, Jack Grealish, and then it gets passed down to. <laughs> 
it get passed down to Fredericks. Sorry, Fredericks but that, just words came out of your mouth. I don't understand. <laughs> Why is Debbie Hansen blowing Katy Perry? <laughs> I'm so confused. Let's edit that one out. <laughs> Let's not. I thought you meant Katy Perry. <laughs> wow. But you're all wrong. It was TC versus Wolves. I'm sorry. But, you know, a valid winner and it received 58.3% of the vote, Tom Kearney versus Leeds. So you can't argue with the masses. You can argue. You can argue the masses are wrong. Where did Tom Kearney versus Wolves come? Uh, Second with 26.8% of the vote. Third third was Piazon. Where did Steph come? Uh, Steph. Not enough football purists on this. Steph got 1.6%. Stop playing. That goal was unbelievable. Little little Crowley uh, Woodrow versus Lady Noreen got, got more votes than uh, Steph versus Reading. Scorley Full of legend. Scorley Woodrow. Uh, now the closest vote was bet- uh, was for newcomer. What about Dennis Adrenians in PL two. That was a sick <laughs> that was a sick goal. <laughs> 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 Who did that one? Uh, a definite flare went off for that one. We only include first team goals. Ain't got time for PL two. Uh, You'll have to listen to the Fulhamish PL2 podcast. <laughs> Hosted by me, <laughs> We're doing bits here. Oh, my God. We're having fun anyway. We're having, We're having fun, listeners. We're having so much fun. If you're still with us, I salute you. So, newcomer of the season. This was the closest vote. Uh, you won't be surprised to hear the top two were Stephanie Hansen and Kevin McDonald. The winner was... Hey Mac, yes, oh, not Petsos, not Thanos Petsos, who I didn't even put on the shortlist. <laughs> what um, happened to your man who requested? Aaron Paul requested if we could put Syriac in. Can we can we see how many votes Syriac got? Because <laughs> if it's more than one, I'll be shocked. Uh, yeah, I bet football Twitter's all over it. Syriac received one vote. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Aaron Paul. That one's for you. Um, how, what, were, what was the spread of votes? Uh, so Kevin McDonald uh, received. Um, 34% and Steph Joe received 33%. Where's Aluko? Aluko received 10% mainly. of the votes. Ryan Sessignon got more than Aluko. Well, I said Sessignon because I, d- I don't... <laughs> yeah, but I, don't, I, don't, I didn't want to pick the same player for more than one award. Well, we'll come on to the main award, uh, which was for player of the season. Now, Steph Joe and Kevin McDonald uh, finished second and third, respectively. And then Tom Kearney was the winner of the Fulhamish Player of the Season. Well done, TC. We know um, you've been listening for about uh, 23 minutes just for this moment. (laughs) So uh, feel free to go enjoy your holiday now because I know it's been a real tense one for you. Have a few doobs. Um, doobs. Yeah, Tom Kearney, an overwhelming winner with over 50% of the vote. Kevin McDonald in second uh, with 27%. And then Steph Joe uh, in third with 18%. Fourth was Sonny Aluko. Yay! I can't believe Sonny. If anything, this shows that the people that listen to the podcast are, in fact, cleverer than the normal film fans because they voted K-Mac in third and Steph Joe in second. I don't think people on the normal Facebook page really understand how good K-Mac is. They don't understand football. They 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 just say, oh, he scores 10-plus goals, he got 10-plus assists. Whereas Kevin McDonald, I think... If, if, you, if you're going to lose any three of that trio, Kevin McDonald is the last one you want to lose. Yeah. Because he holds it all together. So you don't think TC is a work? Because he obviously won the official yeah, I, season I, as well. He's, he's been... Phenomenal. No, yeah, he's been phenomenal going forward, but it, I looked at it like if we lost a player, as if I looked at it as well, who we lost a player, I think Kenny is replaceable in the number 10 position. Whereas I don't, as a, but he's more easy to replace, let's say, even Kevin McDonald is... 
in uh pulp in the anchor role. I don't know what you want to call I agree his role, with you, but that's not how you have to like define things. Yeah, that's why I'd be giving Gigi no, Buffon but like, I, I, yeah, but, player yeah, of the year I, every year because he's less replaceable in goal than you know anyone else. Yeah, but then you all, I also looked at like Kearney did go missing for parts of the season. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, and, I don't disagree with you. And I'm, I have no issue with Kearney winning player of the season whatsoever. I just thought how Kevin McDonald came third was a joke. Isn't it? Isn't it just? nice that we can actually debate who was the best player of the season and the fact that it is a debate in between who has been the best rather than who's been the worst although is there an award for that no we didn't we didn't give that one out because we thought that you know twitter might go mad on chris martin who's actually you know a friend of the pod <laughs> uh, but quick <laughs> quick note on chris martin i was looking at the the player profiles on the website and they have every single sort of player that's still on loan like thomas callas lucas Piazon. chris martin isn't there his, his profile has already been deleted he gone He's in Derby Potwell as we speak. <laughs> well, that marks the end of the Fulhamish End of Season Awards. Uh, thank you to everyone that voted in that. We're hoping that becomes a, a yearly staple of the awards calendar. Uh, maybe uh, this year we might just about get some trophies or certificates for our winners. Maybe next year it will be a, an entire awards ceremony at the Roundhouse with all of you invited. Uh, we'll see how well the podcast does next year and how the funds uh, are looking. We'll be tickets. selling tickets. Tickets now on sale, 55 <laughs> Pounds plus your standard booking for your fifteen pounds via Ticketmaster. Just call. And you got enough loyalty points, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need a lot of loyalty you need points. Fulhamish loyalty points. <laughs> I mean, that's an idea. So I, the more uh, pictures you get with Fulhamish members over the course of the year, yeah, the, the more closer set, you get. The more tweets you send in, bigging us up. Right. Well, for the final time this year, it's getting very sad. Jack Collins, Secretary Jack, please, can you open that post bag? Yeah, we'll we'll open up with we we put it out to see who had any questions for our for our last episode. There are a few about ideal signings, but for that we'd like to refer you back to episode thirty what five uh, <laughs> for uh, our, our thing about who we'd like to sign. But um, Fulham nice guys uh, tweeted us saying ways to improve atmosphere and improve away attendances. Dom bets straight to you. I think to improve away attendances, I think a lot of Fulham fans need to change their mentality. Because the reason we don't bring fans is because a lot of fans who go every week at home can't bother to go away. And a, a club needs to push it more, I understand that. But because like they, they only do it when we seem to be needing a fan. So we're going through playoffs. They did it when we're trying to skate relegation. But I don't see why the club can't, let's say, tweet out when advanced tickets for trains go on sale for an away game. Because I know when that happens, but not everyone does. Why can't the club do that? They... they Surely they want more fans at each game. They they did start doing that for on the odd occasion. Yeah, I just last, think I need to do year. that like on a regular occurrence. And when it comes to atmosphere, it hasn't helped that since we moved Ticketmaster, you can't choose in the away end where your seat is because there's always been this. It's never been like stated on the film website or anything. But anyone who when it was when you could choose your own seat, you choose to put put your seat at the back if you wanted to create atmosphere, and if you if you wanted to sit down and just watch the game, you'd book it towards the front. But I think, yeah, I think the mentality in Fulham fans needs to change. If they want more atmosphere, they need to start going to away games. I, I, I've got to say that um, I, I've, I've said quite on a few occasions in the past that I think that one big thing that we can improve at home is if that the core, hardcore fans, in inverted commas, if you want to call them that, who are at the back, and I know, you know who they are and whatnot, if we are going to create atmosphere, 
that they have got to move much closer to the pitch. You see it at Palace. Palace, when you watch Palace on TV, and it sounds great, and we've, I've been to Palace before, and it does. they've got a good atmosphere and whatnot. They have the same amount of hardcore fans that we do, but they are right close up to the pitch, whereas the ones that we have are right at the back of the Hammersmith end, which is quite Row a deep... Row WW, which is a lot of seats away. I'm not going to count the rows. Um, it's, it's actually quite far away from the pitch when you consider how deep the Hammersmith end goes. I think that it's important to remember that the acoustics at Fulham do us no favours because there's gaps in the, you know, the walls where sound escapes. So, you know, that sound heading back towards everyone seeps out of the sides and seeps out of the top. And with the Riverside stand, you know, changing over the next few years, I think one of the main things that, you know, Fulham should be looking at is changing the acoustics within the stadium. And I don't think that involves pumping sound back in as Man United got found out a couple of years back doing. I think it involves just making sure that the sound from the back travels down both sides and therefore gets people going and, and people go, oh, right, OK, we are making noise, let's get involved. And, you know, there's a lot of chat about, oh, Fulham don't make any noise from away fans and Fulham are like, oh, away fans never make any noise when they come down to Fulham. It's because the ground doesn't work acoustically. It's a wonderful old ground with wonderful old, you know, sets, but realistically it doesn't work unless you have someone, you know, and much as I hate to say it, like Leeds, who took over the entire stand and belted for 90 minutes. And that's the only time anyone can ever hear each other within this ground. It is quite, it's quite funny you say that because, you know, I, where I sit week in, week out is pretty much in the middle of the two. And although I hear both sets of fans, it's only when it sort of gets a bit more raucous in the Hammersmith end do they it kind of over bellows the away stand. And I can't I can't put it just down to the acoustics because it's it's both the same for each, for both sets of fans. And you you know you've got it's to not, be a bit. It's of, not because the cottage is there for the away fans, so the cottage blocks a sound block. It's quite minor. I think it, I, I do think it's it's quite minor. Although saying that, a lot of the newer stadiums nowadays they do actually uh, hire like a team of they they fill the corners and they do actually hire a team of acoustics experts to come in and review it with architects. Didn't work at the Emirates though, did it? I've thought for years that the Fulham home fans sit in the worst stand and that the away fans have one of the best stands. I think the Putney end has better views, has better acoustics. And also generally works better as a home end. It's next to the cottage. Mm. It's where the players come out. I've always thought, I know that Hammersmith is the traditional end of Fulham. But if you switched it round or if you did it like we did in the Europa, I always think that one of some great atmospheres in the Europa, and I know that was partially from the games, the way fans sat in the Johnny Putney Haynes. end of the Johnny Haynes. And with both Putney and Hammersmith ends chanting... And obviously, you might not be able to fill the Putney end and Hammersmith end with Fulham fans every single game. But you saw it that we did against Reading and we did in the Europa games, filled it pretty much full of Fulham fans. The, the amount of fans are there. I, I wouldn't be adverse to a rejig of I think. Craven I think College. another thing is people, obviously, they see the atmosphere of, I say a lot of northern teams, let's say. So like your Sheffield Wednesdays, your Huddersfields, your Leeds. It also doesn't help. Clubs for a club to extend that we, we don't our club isn't sort of defined by a city or a town like that. Our fans are from everywhere, and so we don't have our, our core group of fans who want to make noise and stuff isn't as big as a Leeds, as a Sheffield Wednesday, as a Huddersfield. But mm. I feel like a lot of the fans in Hammersmith, if, say people who sit in the bottom H five, let's say they could make a lot more noise than they than they do, and maybe if 
if they just, just if I don't think the clappers really help at all. They well, just, no, one, no one wants the no, clappers. Exactly. No one wants the and clappers. And like it just it just dry it just makes an annoying noise and just like just get rid of them and just fans if, if they want to get behind a team just if they just need to if they know all the chance just get involved with it mm. and obviously the atmosphere is always relatively good at away games. I mean there's some there's been away games in the last two seasons where it's been quite poor because we've been playing dreadful. But I think the more people in, in Hammersmith or the more fans who want to create atmosphere come to these away games and if Fulham started tweeting out, oh these advanced train tickets are now available because you can get to an average away game for like twenty five to thirty quid if you book it in advance. And this is like properly up north. If you booked Newcastle when advanced tickets came straight on sale, you could have gone there for thirty quid. I'd like to make a public service announcement on behalf of the Fulhamish podcast that if Dom knows when these train tickets are going out on sale, the Fulhamish podcast will be putting them out next year so everyone can go to away games. Ben Jarman. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, th- there's a different way that we can look at this, and it's not just about who sings, who stands, who goes this, who goes there. I think Fulham Nice Guys themselves have done a really good job of it this year in creating their own atmosphere. Um, and it's not just about making noises because... This year they've they've gone off their own backs and created T-shirts. Uh, I mean, the Slavisa making Fulham great again T-shirts have sold like hotcakes, and the partnerships with Colt Zeros have, has been uh, really amazing. And I think that in itself has united a lot of the fan base because they all have one sort of common goal in that they want to buy these shirts. And obviously we're now all, all on the same page in realizing what what Slav has done for us. And then I think the second one they've done just this season as well is make. This, the, the massive flag that they currently have and Fulham can take some some sort of inspiration from this because it's not often that we have something like that before a game where there's a flag or there's some sort of TIFO or anything similar to that at the club and that can really help raise the atmosphere as well and we never ever consider it the only thing we consider is these bloody cardboard clappers that no one can hear because the acoustics in the ground are so bad I think if we if we added something like a massive flag that we pulled over the top of it, like the nice guys have, and they take away, and it looks sick as well, which is obviously a massive point. That that could help. I I feel that Fulham this year have done it have done better than they have in previous years because they've they've you know introduced a few a couple more songs to the soundtracks like all the lights just before we kick off, um, you know London calling just before we kick off again in the second half, and and that sort of thing does help. Um, uh, I think Fulham are doing a lot more off the pitch. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's to do with the relationship between the club and the fans. Because when we from the Europa League to I think thirteen fourteen, we had a really good sports relations in Tommy Guffrey. Mm. And any idea that anyone had, he'd always speak to the fans and see. I remember I think at the beginning of thirteen fourteen, we I think me and a couple of my mates had an idea that we want to get a massive flag in the Hammersmith end. Mm-hmm. And that eventually worked out to happen in the last few games of 13-14. But I think that needs to just be a thing that happens every home game. Exactly, yeah. Just something to raise the atmosphere. At, at least the club are recognising that our atmosphere isn't what it could be. And they are trying the odd things here and there. And obviously that someone said, let's try these clappers things. And, you know, we can be for and against it. But at least the club are trying. Yeah, they're giving it a crack. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the, the club just bought them in massive bulk? Yeah, we have to use them. Yeah. <laughs> We've got two hundred thousand of these things. I, you know, jokings aside, that I think that you know one of the main things you can put acoustics aside and whatnot, and just say if we just get all the people that want to scream and shout and create an atmosphere and start singing, if we just get them all together in one block or in one area, it's going to work. Well, that then becomes the singing section, doesn't it? And then yeah. if you if you if you talk about singing sections, then 
it kind of feels like the MLS and then I know, oh, there's like the Celtic route. Right, yeah, safe standing and, safe standing and, and singing yeah, sections. But as long as as long as we as long as at the beginning of the season, I know it's more difficult than it actually sounds. That mm. you know, and logistically trying to because logistically that we've got an old stadium and people have been sitting in their seat for quite a long time now, and they're probably going to be reluctant to move just one of them, let alone you know a couple of hundred of them. Yeah, I think but as long as you actually at the beginning of the season and say. You know, if you want to do this, go to that particular area, not specifically yeah. those seats, but sit, at, you know, sit or stand towards the edge of H5 or go to the the first block in the Riverside stand or something along those lines. I think like the long and short of it is Fulham should probably work with someone like Nice Guys, someone like Dom to understand what the fans actually want and then, you know, build that relationship back up because it doesn't exist right now. Yeah, that, that's a be all end all. Next question, Jack J. Collins. Um, Jamie de Havilland. I think I've pronounced that right, said, um, what is the contract statement status with CES? How can we prevent big clubs and Celtic, I take offence to that, uh, constantly stealing our prized assets, hashtag flawed, hashtag the J-Dog? <laughs> who, who is the J-Dog? Is that Jamie, a question? I think it's Jamie. I think he's signing off as J-Dog. Right, OK. I don't know. With the CES situation, no one really knows if he's... If he signed a pre-contract or not, everyone was led to believe he had, but we don't really know if he has. Because nothing officials come out, is yeah, it? Yeah, nothing official come out. And if if it did, it would have come out on his birthday. If you sign a pre-contract, it gets announced on your seventeenth birthday. So if he has, then I'd say it won't have a release clause in it because it's because he knows he's going to go in the next couple of years. I'd say if he has signed his pre-contract, his worth would be around fifteen million pounds. Yeah, with maybe a ten percent sell-on clause involved in this but we don't really know what his contract situation is because the club haven't come out of anything no. there's nothing that Cess has hinted at so I'm not entirely sure what the there's, there's situation no... is if you're so- trying to sign a 16 turning 17 year old if he hasn't signed a contract with his senior club the... it's obviously different to someone ending a normal contract with a club like we did we saw of Dembele went into we sold it for 500k or Dominic Solanke who just gone from Chelsea three to Liverpool mil. for three million pounds I think that we would have to go down the tribunal route as well, and we'd probably be looking at a little bit more than three to five million for him, if we're if we're very very lucky. That to answer the question, there is no way to protect your assets. A contract is a contract, but someone can be bought out of a contract, and and every player, probably other than Messi in world football, has a value and has a price, and clubs have financial fair play. Yeah, you're right, but I mean, there's no way you can prevent someone from actually. Getting a player if they pay the if they pay the right amount yeah. and, and uh, if they buy out the contract it's just as simple yeah, as that. Yeah, we sort we we sort of touched on it in, when we talked about Cess before, but if we did sell him for fifteen million pounds, it sort of funds our transfer window. Yeah, and, and it's a bit so. it's like the Ross McCormick transfer. So Ross McCormick if, transfer turned us around big time. Yeah, this if, year. If, not if a lot we, of people wanted. Uh, if if we sell him for fifteen million pounds, I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing. No, oh, I agree. Because it means we can reinvest it into our side. And it, as we saw last summer, our, tra- our transfer and scouting network has, has, has been very successful. So I don't see any reason why not. Two more questions. This is from Alex uh, at AJ Whiteford, who said, how do you feel about Tom Kearney using past tense in a recent tweet saying, I loved every minute playing in this team. Is this cause for alarm? I love how much people look into the syntax uh, of a tweet slash Instagram from a 25-year-old. He's, he's in Dubai. He's probably had like about three seconds uh, to write said tweet about player of the season. He's just gone, yeah, had a great time this year, blah, 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 blah. Done. Tweet. And yeah, people 
losing their heads uh, about it. Obviously, uh, we all want TC to stay. Um, I think he'd have been a, bit, a little bit naive if he went, I love the club so much, can't wait to be there in August, etc., etc., because who knows what will happen uh, if Chelsea bid uh, 20 million from him and offer him 100k a week because uh, Antonio Conte sees him as a central part of his plans I think TC's head might be swayed um, so it's probably just quite sensible from TC not to commit to too much either way um, I don't think there's anything cryptic to read into the tweet I just want to congratulate him on a very well deserved player of the season I think he's definitely gone he hates the club <laughs> first, first of all just Stop being a child and grow up. Stop like reading so much into this. Because if you just go on, across to his Instagram, he says, I'm still gutted about how it all ended and I'm determined to go one better next season. That's, that's from his Instagram. So if you just did a bit more research into his social media presence, you'd see. I think it's important to remember in these things that there's not actually any sort of syntax that he can use there that makes sense unless he uses a past tense loved. Yeah. Like, as in, like, the physically, sentence. the sentence doesn't make sense <laughs> unless he uses the past tense. It's as simple as he's addressing us. It's as simple as when he tweeted out, you've got your Fulham back. It's because he's addressing us because we used to sing, we want Fence. our Fulham back. I, I panicked about that. He's not a Fulham fan. No, so he's not, so he's it doesn't not make sense. He's getting his Fulham back. Because what he's from, he's from Nottingham, so he's probably like a Forest fan or someone like that. He's a Celtic fan, actually. Um, genuinely. Of course you He's more of a Celtic loads, fan than you are. There's loads of pictures of TC and Kearney 10 Celtic shirts. Yeah, so he right. might go and see Moose and PR up there um, <laughs> if, we're, if we're not lucky. But anyway, um, the best of Fulham, my final question of the year um, is going to be favourite chant of this season. I'll start with you, Dominic Betts. It's a hard question. You've got got to think about chants that I've got going at games or chants I've thought up in my head. No, no, you can't. I still think the best one is the Kevin McDonald's one, which never got going. I don't know why. Is he goes around the world like Kevin McDonald. And it's not getting on in here either. It does work. He goes around the world like Kevin McDonald. Jesse, you're in. But apart from that, the ones that actually got going... As much as I hate him as a player, you can't really look past Scott Malone. Yeah. It is a very good one. Uh, the, just the one that stuck in my head, um, a mate of mine brought along his Sunderland mate to uh, Newcastle away and just started chanting, have you ever seen a Mackham punch a horse? <laughs> Samuel? I, I just wish that hi-ho Steffi Hansen oh, would have got go with that. <laughs> I, I mean, I think the Sessignon chant is up there. Just because of what went on in Walkabout on that Saturday night in Sheffield yeah. and Pop World. That's obviously. a very good one too. Yeah, but it's just my as, as with every Fulham chant, just slow down. Yes, slow everything. Yeah, slow down. Calm Please down. Slow down. Just slow down. Have you ever listened to the song? Just, yeah, it's it's not, a lot slower. It doesn't go at that pace. Right, Sesson, you're no, 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 no. It's not like that. Nothing's as bad as the the Tunnicliffe song, which became so fast that you couldn't hear that it was Mrs. Robinson anymore. I think I've never I've never heard "Take Me Home, Country Road" sung so fast in my life because you have that really slow bit where it goes "Take Me Home, Alpha," and then when it goes to the fast bit, "Alpha to the place." Just calm down. Everyone needs to just take a pill. No, no kill pill, not a pill. No, 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 nothing go really fast. I think we need to end this uh, podcast show. <laughs> yeah, so do I. Can we get Hi-Ho Steffi Hansen going next year, please? 
please. The, the Oh Stefania Hansen song is the worst thing since the Oh Bobby Zamora yeah. version of the same song. Have a word with Ivan so we can get it playing. Yeah, we'll go again. We'll go again. Well, um, Fulhamish will go again next year. Uh, it's the end of season review today. So that's our last official one. Uh, for the 2016-17 campaign. We'll still be around, though, in the summer, hopefully, uh, with the odd uh, special podcast, a few transfer updates, maybe just a little bit of a catch-up, see see how you're all doing o- over the summer. Uh, and then as the season uh, truly starts to get into its swing, during maybe during the pre-season friendlies, uh, Fulhamish will restart again. Uh, we're going to be having uh, lots of upgrades to things like the website and uh, all of our social media and stuff over the summer if you'd like to get involved uh, with the podcast as ever get in touch uh, you can send us a tweet or you can email pods at fulhamish.co.uk particularly if you're a writer uh, or you're a keen blogger or anything else like that you've got a little fulhamish blog uh, then get in contact with the editor of the shindig jack collins if anyone is a keen videographer or you know just someone who likes recording videos um, we'd love that. We'd love you to get involved. We're looking at expanding the old Fulhamish franchise even further and seeing what we can do on various social media channels across various kind of media outlets. And we'd love to start doing some video work. So if you're interested in that or interested in getting involved behind the scenes, then please do let us know. Uh, and Farrell uh, has a very public, uh, has a very important public service announcement. So um, as far as I'm aware, there is uh, no current... Fulham official supporters team and um, I've been involved with some other supporters team in the past and I, I'm not going to say name the club <laughs> I'm not I'm not Brentford. going to <laughs> I've heard it's Brentford I don't know <laughs> who said Brentford <laughs> Brentford FC I know there's quite a lot of uh, keen Fulham supporter footballers out there and I'm I am currently in the process of setting up uh, an official supporters team at the moment, uh, I've started. I've um, opened up discussions with the club at the moment about potential partnership with them. But I've got quite a few fans already on board, uh, looking to start in August, September, and maybe get some friendlies involved. And uh, please get in touch uh, with me directly on my Twitter at Faramunk, or uh, if you just email me at faramunk@hotmail.co.uk. I'm looking for literally anyone. If you've played football in the past want to get back into it if you're a current footballer it's really really casual it's really really fun um it's just making sure that people get together have fun on a saturday morning get social get to know different fulham fans get to know uh, rival fans of different teams can i just say if you if you're a center forward don't bother replying because yeah, exactly. have it locked yeah, we've got, down we've got, we've got that i need dance. a center back partner um <laughs> preferably one that can ball play yeah. So if he you're the ream to his callas, basically. So if you're anything, if you're anything other than a centre to come in and help. There you go. If you're anything other than a centre forward, hit Farrell up. Right. If you're is... Especially if you're a decent centre forward, get in touch. All right, mate. No time for shade. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is the end of Fulhamish podcast for today. Uh, no need to go over to Secretary Jacks. I think we've got the title down. Uh, end of season review, part, part two. Part two, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought I was on one. How long did it take you to think of that, Jack? <laughs> ages, ages. Um, thank you so much to everyone that's listened this year. Uh, we passed our 100,000 listener uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, amazing to think that in September uh, we were just a brand new podcast. Uh, and now we know that uh, so many of you listen every week. Uh, we love all your messages, all your support. Uh, we'll keep doing podcasts over the summer and um, keep hitting us up. 
uh, online, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those. Uh, just time to say a final goodbye to Benjamin. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you to all the listeners for a wonderful year and cheers for having me on in the first place, Sam. Jack Collins. Thank you, everyone. It's been so lit. Thank you, Sammy. <laughs> Tom Betts. Lighters. Big words from Tom. <laughs> and finally, Farrell Monk. Thanks, everyone. Take care, everyone. Have a great summer. Here's a few of our best bits from the season. Well, um, I think the most cringeworthy thing uh, related to QPR in the last couple of weeks has got to be hashtag Ollie's back. Oh, oh. Walking down the tunnel and kissing his hand and putting it on the sign. Do me a favour. This isn't Anfield, mate. It's a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've brought in Syriac. He said, I'm very quick and I'm fast and I like to score goals. I don't know if anyone's seen the video of him joining. He's a tank. He's so big. As in, he's literally like walking around a bit like a Dorito. And um, he's just there like, he's absolutely stacked. And I was like, well, you know, if he's fast and he's strong and he, you know, he's looking to gain behind defences, then it's another option for us and it gives us another dimension. And hopefully he'll come through and he'll be able to do a job. Absolutely agree, 100% there. Now we do have like that striker who's a bit more of a chilly heatwave Dorito as opposed to a cool Chris Martin Dorito. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you've got a cool... Go to heat wave. Who's the tangy cheese? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Farrell is always the tangy cheese. <laughs> I have one reservation about Chris Martin, and that's what happens if we come up against Derby County in a playoff final. We Struff play him in disguise. Yeah. We let him wear a Corley Woodrow yeah. mask. That Venezuelan strike with the ginger hair looks just like Chris Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they get him? Yeah. Yeah. It's Blue Monday today, and I wasn't really feeling it until that comment. So cheers for ruining my Monday, mate. Yeah, it's like, like, I really appreciate <laughs> that. Like, I'd written in my notes, like, we're just getting to the edge of the playoffs. Like, we're heating up at the right time. We're really strategically placed as dark horses to jump in there at the last and now you fucked it. I'm really worried. Cheers, who, who will, <laughs> seriously who will Chris Martin root for? Us, obviously. Well, yeah. Until he dies, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so second half, Slav brought in the early changes. Kevin McDonald and Martin subbed for, on my sheet, it says Lebanon. Um, that yeah. is what, that's what the iPhone corrects for, for Cabano uh, and Syriac. So Syria. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lebanon and Lebanon. Syria came on for Fulham in so the second half. Middle East nightmare then. Yeah, what was, what was Slav's tactical plan? I think it was uh, independent Palestine with yeah. a two-state solution. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you may have seen on the BBC Sport website uh, last week, so Ben, Jack and myself uh, were giving our predictions. We, we tried to beat Loro. Um, this is what we said for Wolves versus Chelsea. And the last game on Saturday is Wolves against our neighbours down the road, Chelsea. What do you reckon, boys? Yeah, you couldn't look further than Wolves on this one, could you? No, no, 3-0 Wolves. Can't see yeah, past it. 3-0 yeah. Wolves for us. Comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, we can dream. It, it didn't we translate called... quite as well, did it, in writing? Yeah, that's what I was saying. We got called out on this, but actually it was quite funny, what we said, I thought. And, yeah. then, and then suddenly like, we were getting called out left, right and centre by Chelsea fans who were like, it's embarrassing that you, you, won't, you won't even predict a Fulham win, but you project a Chelsea. Like, I was like, obviously it was a joke, mate. Like, you can come on now. Like. And finally, I think important to mention, it's been a, been a controversial topic. Uh, it is the Fulham FC TV. And um, for most clubs, it's the same price as Netflix. There's going to be people going around going like, oh, to these girls, like, do you want to come around for a bit of Fulham FC and chill? <laughs> that could be our new slogan. Fulham FC TV and chill. What's that, just playing Gentleman Jim in the background? <laughs> <laughs> From everyone here at Fulhamish Podcast, myself, Sammy, Farrell, Ben, Dom and Jack, thanks for listening. Have a great summer.
de Lesnar. 